0: Welcome to the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, your weekly look at legal news and questions in the business world. Here are your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stabb. All
1: right. Welcome to our podcast where we cover business in the news and add our legal twist uh, for you, the listener. My name is Nasser Pasha.
2: And I'm Matt Stabb.
1: Welcome. Welcome to our podcast.
2: Business in the news, business news. Yep. News about businesses
1: legally sound, smart business.
2: Well, you know, I know you hate, I hate a lot of things. So (laughs) what do I hate? Yeah. I could have stopped there and we could have filled the rest of the the episode with things (laughs) you hate. It's weird for such a nice guy. You do hate so many things. I don't really understand it, but yeah, it, it really should just be, I know you hate and
1: that's it. Just period.
2: Anything. We have to talk a little bit about Uber in this episode, but we're not going to really focus on it, but I I want (laughs) to... I think that's like six weeks in a row, but that's fine. It's not the focus of the the episode, but it's just the precursor to the main topic at hand. So we saw this story this week, or I guess last week now when this comes out, about an Uber driver who makes $252,000 a year, which seems pretty high for driving people around. A little, yeah. What this guy does is he is a typical Uber driver, drives people around from point A to point B, gets paid for that, but he also has this side business where he sells his custom jewelry, which I don't know if you took a look at it. It's Some of it's actually pretty expensive. The question is, how do I get this guy to
1: ride with so I can take a look at his jewelry to buy?
2: Well, he has a website, so...
1: Oh, no, no, no. I, I want to buy it like everyone else, get in his car... <laughs> And be pitched an in-car purchase. I guess he doesn't pitch people, though, right?
2: Yeah. So basically, what this—just a, a little more on this guy—is, you know, he respects the customer, customer's privacy if they're on the phone or don't want to talk. But a few times a day, or however many rides he does, he will get people you know, that are engaged to speak, and then he kind of talks to them about this little side business that he has and makes some jewelry sales on the side. Which I have a lot of questions about this, but one of them is. I'm sure there's times when he just finishes a ride, he's trying to close a sale, and he's sitting there for 10 minutes. Is Hopefully, the, the customer isn't getting charged for that in terms of the Uber ride, but I guess he probably has the power to turn that off. <laughs> yeah. So the point here is this sort of freelancing or you know, side project work. And what Uber says is... One of the greatest things about the Uber platform is that it offers economic opportunity for a variety of drivers, full-time, part-time veterans, teachers, artists, and students, more than 260 cities around the world. Supporting and fueling the local economy is important to Uber and our driver partners to help us achieve this goal. So my question is, how much do you think they paid uh, Forbes <laughs> to produce this story to make this seem like they actually were these actual independent businesses and bypass this employee independent contractor issue. Cause I think that's the real thing.
1: Yeah, you're right. I agree. Like I think that's a very big point you're making because on one hand we, we already know Uber's techniques in marketing. So I wouldn't be surprised to be fair. There is a disclaimer at the end. I don't know if you read that. It said disclosure this is the author. They, they thanked a couple people for the actual article, but at the end it says, I work for Google, whose Google Ventures is an investor in Uber. However, I'm not involved with Google Ventures, and I wrote this story completely independently. So, okay, let's, let's give them that the benefit of the doubt, but of course, who pitched it to them and how did this become about? But this aspect of somehow now these Uber drivers are able to do this side business and make even more money is again going along the same lines of them trying to sell this great business, this great side business that you can make a million dollars from driving people around in the world where in reality these guys are in not that great a position and they're selling a franchise. I, I still think that's the case, but what do I know? I'm just an attorney. But what you mentioned, the whole independent contractor, we mentioned in the past that there is a class action lawsuit against Uber for possibly misclassifying its independent contractors. I think in a particular state, I don't think it's nationwide. There's been a few similar lawsuits, but this goes to along the lines of an independent contractor status. If they are able to operate a second business pretty freely and independently, it's more likely that they're independent contractor. But as you guys may have known from me, I, I don't think they're misclassified personally. I think they're doing other things that are not necessarily a crochet.
2: I knew I would bait you into that long. <laughs> <laughs> the long, uh, yeah, rant. Yeah. Well, like you said, I I do hate, period. <laughs> and just so, yeah. <laughs> and just let you know, I, I did find the site. So he's got a necklace. There's one necklace on there. It's $9,800. So just under 10 grand. How many Uber rides do I get with that, though? I don't know. That's a good question. He's got a ring for 4800 bucks. I don't know. Anyway, so I can't find the exact numbers, but he made significantly more in his jewelry selling business than he did actually driving. I mean, the predominant business is his jewelry one, and the Uber is more of a side business, but he wouldn't have one without the other. So it's interesting. But the whole point I wanted to get to this was the idea of freelancing in general. And I know we've been big advocates of finding people to do side projects if, if we need something done. Yeah,
1: no, absolutely. I mean, the f- freelancing and independent contractors and working virtually and remotely. I mean, this is a great time for that kind of development. But what if one of your employees wants to do that? That's the real question.
2: Exactly. That's what we're, we're getting to here is if you're an employee and you're working your typical 40 hours a week full time, can you then go do other jobs you know, or other or moonlight or whatever you want to do or side projects in your spare time? Uh, it deals with a couple things. One, you know, if if it's going to interfere with your main job, you know, you're not going to be able to do that. I guess it all depends on what their employment agreement says, but typically, if it's affecting their main job, like Michael Scott when he was doing his uh, telemarketing. telemarketing thing, <laughs> and he was falling asleep and all stuff like that, that's a perfect example. <laughs> so that's an issue. But another big thing, and this this would all just be obvious things, is if it competes with your current employer, then that's another issue as well. And, you know, people might kind of say, oh, this definitely isn't competing. But I think there's more times than people realize that the work they're actually doing is competing with their main employer and they don't realize that, you know, right away. Yeah, those are some interesting
1: points because in most states, there's this, whether you have a contract or not, there's a duty of loyalty to your employer that isn't quite the same as a non-compete. But at the same time, like if, if one hand you're working, for an employee, employer, and then they go to another firm at the same time and you're kind of sharing secrets or or whatever, even without any kind of confidentiality policy, that may be of an issue. But the question is, okay, can, can you prohibit other employees from working outside of the office for other things? Yeah. I mean, you can yeah. have in a contract in an agreement to do that. Right. Can you add a non-compete provision? Yeah. During the employment in pretty much every state that I know of, you can have a non-compete provision in there. The non-compete issue always can an issue post-employment because the public policy is that we want to be able to have people to have the ability to earn a living and non-competes may interfere with that. So in general, an employer can prohibit them from doing other things outside. But I do want to add a caveat that there is some limitations, and it can be very, very subtle. And I'm I'm reluctant to even just mention this because it may complex things a little bit more. But there is a law, for example, in California and in a few other states that prohibits discrimination against any employees for lawful activity outside the work time. So this law, particularly in California, has been narrowed and construed to not give an additional rights that hasn't been laid out before. But I'm only mentioning it because... That law still hasn't been parsed out in in too much detail, and there could be a slight argument that when someone's doing some freelance work and so long as it doesn't interfere with your business, whether you can prohibit them from doing so is somewhat murky. But I think if you were to make a decision so long as you consult an attorney first, you'd probably be safe
2: well, yeah, let's flip this to the employer's perspective. You know, if you have an employee coming to you. Assuming they're going to come to you and ask about it. Which they should, yeah. Which you would hope they should. And to me, if I'm the employer, I'm going to look at, you know, what's, what's the reason that they want this second job? Most likely it's because they're in a tight situation with money, you would think.
1: I think a lot of reasons, too, is people are looking for some, you know, something bigger and better. In the sense that they, they may not see a long term future in what they're doing currently and maybe see something else somewhere else. Maybe they have a garage band or something, you know. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well, it depends on the nature of the, what they're doing. But as an employer, you have to evaluate that and see the reason behind it. And you got to let them know that it can't affect their work. Not just in obviously showing up to your normal work hours, that's a given, but you know you can't let late hours on another job, you show up to work and you're tired or even if it's 10 minutes a day, you're doing some work for your the side project you're doing while you're on the clock with your main employer. That's obviously not gonna not gonna cut it.
1: No yeah. quality of course. and I wouldn't want an employee that's working full-time. Doing other things because, in general, I think most people I mean, I work more than 40 hours a week, definitely. And I think most people can work more than 40 hours a week and be functioning. But if I'm paying an employee, I want those 40 hours to be the best 40 hours of the week. And if they're spreading their time, then it's not going to be, from my humble opinion. So, from an employer's perspective, I'd be cautious. But I can see, I mean, it kind of depends upon, like, like you said, I mean, it depends upon what the job is you know i mean if they're answering phones they just need to be very lively and
2: there's a difference between being good at one job or being mediocre or average at two different things and i feel like that's what you might get into at times if you're not allocating your full efforts towards one instead of splitting things up amongst two it's even if you think you're doing well i think the main job is going to suffer a little at least a little bit maybe not yeah You work more than 40 hours a week, so it's probably 240 hours a week.
1: I know. It's like 41. That's (laughs) what I meant by that. (laughs) I work one hour on Saturday because I start thinking about, or on Sunday, because I start thinking about what I'm going to be doing that week, and it takes me about an hour, so 41. There you go. All right. You really baited me on that Uber topic.
2: I really do think this is all a ploy by Uber to make it look more favorable for them, and obviously, we've talked about it a bunch there's this big lawsuit that's going on with Uber in terms of whether their drivers are employees or not. So
1: yeah, on their website, it talks about how much an average or the median Uber driver made. It was like 90 grand for a year and that, but that was for like New York city. No, I think it was even more than that, frankly, but nonetheless, it was pretty high up there. Yeah. So like, where's this driver? I don't even know if he's in New York, but it just makes me laugh that, okay, he made $252,000 a year. How much do you really think he made from Uber? And it's a great idea because if you have a cool product that you can expose customers to, you're not going to be able to get that attention from anybody else. They're calling you for a ride and just have a little advertisement in your car for it. And they ask you about it. It's an easy sale. And if you have like a high dollar item like this jewelry, who cares if you're even being paid for the Uber drive?
2: You asked the question and I finally found it. He only makes $3,000 a month gross with Uber. So it's 18000 a month in uh, his jewelry <laughs> transactions. Uber is his main job because he's you know, getting the customers through there. But in terms of like, what's really the the meat and what he's doing is selling the jewelry.
1: You know, that's the real story here. He makes 36k a year. And if he wasn't selling jewelry, would he even be able to meet minimum wage if this was full time for him? I say more than full time because I mean, even just waiting and then because you also keep in mind the cost on the car, the gas, you know, how expensive gas is these days.
2: Yeah. Well, that's the thing. That's three grand gross. So you have gas which driving around i think you missed my joke
1: because gas isn't that expensive right now oh because oil prices and
2: actually it is pretty cheap i in the oh you'll appreciate this your midwest when i was back there in december it was like a dollar i sell somewhere like a dollar 70 something a gallon which is insane
1: that is insane i was just watching i think die hard the first die hard <laughs> yeah. and they had a gas station in the background with the prices and it was, it was under a dollar and I'm like, Hey, we may get there.
2: It has been dropping. So we'll see.
1: Yeah. I think it came back up a little bit, stabilized or whatever, but anyway, next week on our oil futures (laughs) podcast, we'll cover that.
2: (laughs) Yeah. Legally sound smart oil. Very bad. Very bad. All right. Thanks for joining (laughs) us. everyone. Keep it sound, keep it smart.
0: This has been the legally sound smart business show with your hosts, Nasser Pasha and Matt Stopp. but rather is offered only for general informational and educational purposes. You should not act or rely on any information in the podcast without first seeking the advice of an attorney. The opinions expressed in the podcast reflect the views of those individuals and do not necessarily represent the views of any other individual or business. For more information about the Legally Sound Smart Business Show, visit LegallySoundSmartBusiness.com.